I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. your sitter. Welcome into the Pickaxe Podcast. It is your hosts. Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross back We're together We're both again. here. It's amazing. The duo. The duo is finally uh, reunited, and it feels so good. We are. <laughs> and it's after a win. We, hey, we talked. Hey, there you go. You know, previously about we need to get do these, one of these after a big win, and we've got some. So That's just it. Gordon just ducks the... Um, he, he ducks the losses. Any yeah, I ducked the shitty losses, weeks. Like, so. I'm like, ah, I don't want to talk about that. Exactly. So that is the case, as, as everyone knows. The Nuggets coming off of back-to-back wins on back-to-back nights in back-to-back overtime. Victory's double overtime the second time around, even. Against back-to-back against the same team, the Phoenix Suns. That is how they ended a week that otherwise uh, was a little bit more up and down. How did this week start? I don't even remember how it started. Uh this week? Well, last week. It was starting with a loss to the Jazz. That's how it yeah, started. Yeah, the, the, the problem that they ran into was that Jazz on Sunday night, which was a terrible loss. Yeah. But then they pulled it off against OKC, you know, yep. pretty handily, which they yeah, should have. Yeah, OKC's, OKC's one of those teams, as, as as already shown, they were like 6-6 six and six when they played the Nuggets. Um, yep. And now they're 6-9. and nine. Like, And I remember, because I, I think I wrote the... Uh, I might have... I don't know if I wrote the preview for that game or not, or if I was just looking at, looking at that game, but uh, they're... Like their their roster is awful. Like they have, I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander is, is sure. a good player, but like, yeah, there's yeah. there's no. I mean, and Lou Dort, Lou Dort's a good player, but like, I love Lou Dort. I, I feel uh, whoever Lou Dort's agent is should be fired like three times over. Yeah, yeah. For the contract he negotiated in the offseason that cost his client, I don't know, twenty thirty million dollars. Yeah, he's uh, he'll be all right though. He'll Lou, Lou will get his money, but yeah, Lou he's he's fine. a legit three and D guy, which is yep. Um, yeah, which is which is quite a bit of money, but the Nuggets should get on the phone about that. I'm just saying. Oh no, oh, man, I would love to have Lou Dort on this roster. It's uh, it's probably not going to happen, but uh, <laughs> you know, but like he's one of those guys, man. I, I um, I really think that he's he's just a a piece a piece that could be a, a player, you know, that really you know is like that player who kind of completes uh, sort of like Andre Iguodala completed the uh, yeah. The Warriors roster, like he could definitely yep. be that kind of guy. He's that fifth player that you're like, oh shit, that guy really matters. And when it, in crunch time, right? Like that's who you wanted to be is that fourth or fifth guy that's way better than uh, maybe his status would suggest during a regular season. And Lou, Lou is one of those players that is going to be in the league a long time. Um, and I, I wouldn't mind him. But the two best offseason deals were, or the two best extension deals are probably Lou Dort and Monte Morris. So. Like, That's right. Monty's, congrats uh, to OKC for walking up Blue Dort, but uh, I'd prime out of there if we could. Right, right. Um, but otherwise, 
the the Oklahoma City roster, I would say, is uh, a little bit bereft. It's limited, talent, man. Like, will. there's only so many things they can do. So if you're going to lose to them, then you screwed up because they can only do a couple of things. And if you can't right. stop them from doing that, that's a you problem. And there was something silly, like they were like five and one on the road and like one yeah. and five at home, you know, or something not like that. It was you know some silly disparity where they were like winning a bunch of games on the road. So you knew it wasn't really going to last. And it was uh, right. it was one of those games that like even though yeah you were like hey these these teams both have the same record. Um, at the time, well, they, they lost five or six, man. Like, right. I mean, and the the other one, they didn't lose versus the Sixers was postponed, and they would have lost that. Right. And the next up is the Trailblazers, and in theory, they well, I don't know what's going on with the Trailblazers either. So, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I tell you what, uh, that team uh, got run over by a dump truck, dude. Like they have so many injuries. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna be. Uh, I mean, it's well, it's Damian Lillard is essentially all you have now. Um, what? Again, it's been fine so far. I mean, Portland is still what eight and six or eight something. Six. So. Yeah, I tell you what, the team in the division who's been uh, who's just been lighting everybody up is Utah. Uh, well, Utah's just not losing. Like right. those fifty-fifty games that Denver keeps coughing away to people like um, Sacramento. Right. Like that, Utah's not coughing those away. Utah keeps winning those games. Right. Yeah. Utah's been uh, living on quite a run, um, and that included, like I said, at the beginning of the week. Beating the Nuggets. They, uh, we'll, we'll probably not spend any more time talking about those first two games of the week, but we will spend some time here talking about the Phoenix Suns back-to-back matchups uh, in overtime that saw the Nuggets emerge victorious. And then we will spend the second half of the show. The Nuggets are rounding out this road trip. The, the jaunt down to Phoenix was just the beginning. They've got three more. They're going to go to Texas, then to Florida, then back to Texas before they get yeah, home Yeah, thanks scheduling, next God. Week. Right. It, uh... It is a peculiar road trip for sure. I don't know why they have to go to Dallas, then Miami, then to San Antonio instead of. I mean, Dallas and San Antonio. I mean, they're not terribly close to each other. It's about what like little closer than Miami, like <laughs> right. It's like maybe like you could probably you could probably still take a bus. You could probably bus from there like three hours, maybe. They probably we still the fly. Train. I'm sure. Like, you know, you don't, don't know. have to fly. I don't think there's a train from Dallas to San Antonio. There should be. <laughs> this is not the Wild West. There Otherwise, have... you have to drive by Waco, and nobody wants to do that. <laughs> right? Hey, no, come on. There's uh, you got uh, there's Chip... a military base, man. Nobody wants to go Chip by there. Chip and Joanne are there. You got Baylor University. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of lots to like about Waco these days. I've seen Waco a couple of times. It's not terrible. I also have seen Waco, and I think you're overselling it. <laughs> Sorry, Waco. Shout out, Waco. Shout out, Waco. Shout out to the Bears. Um, no, yeah, Waco's awful. But uh, anyways, the Nuggets, that is the, the road trip in front of them to uh, round out the upcoming weekend, finish off a road trip before they get back home for just a couple games and are back on the road for two more over out in California. So uh, a, lot, uh, a lot of challenging games still ahead of them. We will preview the next three in the second half of the show, and that is going to be the show. So let's desperately try to get on track now that we've spent about Good six and a half minutes. Us. Right. We spent the first six and a half minutes really not doing anything. Uh, well, I mean, we... We, 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 said, we said that things about Blue Door. We already yeah, recapped right, the, exactly. uh, the OKC game. OKC, we got one of the games out of exactly. the way already. Boom. We're just, this is the model of podcasting efficiency right here. <laughs> uh, so, we had the back-to-back games against Phoenix, which I, um, you know, I think if you looked at it and you were honest with yourself, you're just kind of really hoping for a, a one-on-one split, right, in there, and then... I was hoping for both, but... Like the problem is usually you get a one to one. The right. the vast majority of back to back Especially against um, the same team. They're usually home and homes. Right. But the vast majority of them are splits. Right. Like it's just because it's hard to beat a team two games in a row 
because you throw out something in one game that works, they stop that in the next game, and then it's it's an even right exactly even split. exactly. And and I guess in the end for the Nuggets though, that worked in their favor this time, um, it, unfortunately, uh, was that Devin Booker got hurt right there at the end of yep. that first game, and so then that kind of uh, that forced Phoenix to have to adapt to do something different. Uh, that maybe they didn't really want to. They, 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 I mean, really, the story was as as it has been for uh, the entire season. Is as as good as DeAndre Ayton played, and I thought he played pretty well uh, in both games. He he cannot stop Nikola Jokic. No um, one can stop right, Nikola Jokic. Exactly. Yeah. So, your your bet for MVP looks like it's going to pay off. Well, if they continue to win games, it will. But that's they got to win. Yeah. Game. Like that's that's my thing. And the thing that's been frustrating is how close these games were. Like, there were some coaching mistakes. There were some player mistakes. And I get the guys retired playing back-to-back after having played overtime the night before. Right. But, like, neither game was a clean game. Those were not efficient, like, beautiful games. It It was ugly, and sometimes you have to win ugly. But the Nuggets... It just... It still feels like they've wasted this start from Nikola a little bit. Yeah. Like he can't keep playing. Well, at and the level, easy so. schedule. Like they had, they had yeah. a butter schedule here to open up the season. As right they, up until for now, season, they always yeah. do. Yeah, right now, exactly. Up until this, it was butter. Up until this road trip, and that's when you knew it was like okay, that five game road trip at the end of January signals yep. basically a month of some pretty like it's either it's either road games or you're playing at or home contenders. against good good teams. You know, I think they've got, yep. you know, you've got some, you got like the Pistons, the Cavs, and the Thunder again. Those are really the only easy opponents at home you get until and we're losing to at least one of them it's gonna at least one of those is gonna be a king's game like right. you know that at least one of those is gonna go that way right yeah exactly like you'll uh uh you got cleveland punt will... the detroit game or something because it'll be the jeremy grant <laughs> revenge game and i hope not but i mean you know jeremy grant will probably score 25 on us as he yeah. has against everybody so well yeah and again he's been scoring and the nuggets don't have anybody of that size really right. to put against him like and that remains well, their issue they should. They should. It, I, by this point, I would hope that Michael Porter Jr. is starting again, so you can. He better be. You can throw him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get into this in a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. We, we got. To, we got. We got t- takes on that. That's there's. Uh, yeah. Because I. There's. I, I. I honestly had a lot of. Um, I think there's a lot of encouraging signs about having him off the bench. Um. It, or it makes. It makes a rotation. It. It helps a lot of rotational issues. That they have, but you know, I mean, the other thing I think that in these Phoenix games, they weren't. You're right; they weren't clean. the The first game they had, they had quite the opportunity to uh, close it out at the end of regulation, if I remember right. They had a two for one, and they basically botched yeah. it both times. They botched both ends. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in the second game, uh, you know, I mean, Jamal Murray saves their bacon uh, the first time around. Might have traveled, but also might, might have been fouled by DeAndre Ayton. Um, and it should have got a free throw there as well at the end of that one to maybe even win it in regulation. But then, and then of course, you know, PJ Dozier with the, which is the bonehead. Um, I don't know why PJ Dozier rotated. He rotates onto, uh, Frank Kaminsky to double team and just leaves Jay Crowder wide open. Yep. And, and, you know, Jay Crowder, and, of and course, for, hits for as three. well as Dozier has played this year, he's had many moments like that where you're like, right. "What are you doing, PJ? Right? Like, where are you going? What were you thinking?" But both uh, both games, they they pretty much whether it was the first overtime um, in the first game or the second overtime in the second game, once they finally got into that that like final period, it was they they kind of put Phoenix away earlier early in the period, and then. Um, 
you know, basically coast held on. Yeah, yeah, they wrapped it up. I mean, and and in the, the second game in particular, Jokic was just basically like, "All right, this is." A, <laughs> I want to. I want to go to bed. Like, <laughs> let's get up out of here. I got. I got a hotel date. I'm just gonna score six straight points or whatever it was. And um, well, that's the thing, man. But they, that's what keeps bugging me about it is the way that the Nuggets have played. Like they played so sloppy in the first half of that first Phoenix game, just terrible. Right. Um. And then in the second, in the, the second half of the, second, the first yeah. game, they did good. And Barton was still in there, but you were losing rebounds all the time. They kept they kept struggling to like, if they could have just gotten a rebound or two, they could have closed that game out. And they couldn't do it. And part of that is playing size wise. They were playing real short, right? Because um, MPJ wasn't in that game in the first game. He he didn't come back in the game after. The, yeah, the, he didn't. He didn't. It wasn't like the second game where uh, coach went to him to finish. Right, um, and Coach did go to him to finish in the second game, partly because he didn't go to him in the first game. Right, and there were issues. They they were missing the rebounding. They were missing the the ability to spread the floor um, with threatening shooters. And so in the second game, they did go with MPJ in, in over the um, final quarter and overtimes. And so I was happy to see that change. That was good. Um, he ran out of gas, but I mean, at that point, you're on a back to back on another overtime game. I don't know who's supposed to have gas at that point, other than Nicole Jokic, who now is a machine and just doesn't <laughs> care. Exactly. Who is busy putting up 29 points and 22 rebounds. Yeah, I mean, and he didn't have a good game. Like, the most hilarious part to me about the game is that you look at the stat line and you're like, holy crap, Nicola. Right. But for the actual game, he was, eh, he was, you know, there were errors, there were mistakes. He didn't look like he quite had the Yeah, he had the a lot of turnovers that you wanted game, to have. I remember right. Can't remember exactly how many, but I, he, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he ended up with uh, several six turnovers in that game. In fact, yeah. So there were some awkward turnovers. There were there were some times where eight. guys just weren't where he wanted them to be, or he didn't he didn't react correctly. Like I wouldn't call it a great Nicola game, but he had freaking 29 points and 22 boards. Right. Yep. Exactly. You know, and it's hilarious that that's a mad game for for Nikola Jokic. But this season, that really is. Right, because you're like, well, he only had six assists, you know, so um, he had to get, take 21 shots to get those 29 yep. points. Uh, he was only 9 to 21 from the floor. Um, yeah, there was a lot but of... The, re- the refs also didn't give him any... There were no respect from the refs from him in either game, really. Yeah, I noticed that as well. He, uh, Aiton definitely bodied him up a lot in these yes. games. And they and um, they were they were not calling the forearm on the body. They were not right. calling, and that's fine if you don't call it on either end, I guess. But it's still annoying to me that Nikola Jokic is probably going to be, um, you know, um, get player of the month this year or you know this particular month. He's set up for an MVP season. He's a back-to-back All NBA player, and the rest are still like, nah, we don't blow a whistle for that guy. Yep, it's I don't know what it is. Um... But he does, he does, I've noticed that this season too. He does still seem to struggle with the call. I mean, we say this, and yet he shot 14 free throws uh, in this game. So uh, there's, he there's did. some, but the, there was also some of, some of it is he was getting, there was a lot of that was like bonus, right? He was getting, they, he, what I noticed is he, he got, he got a lot of the ticky tack foul calls. Um, yep. He didn't get the. There weren't shooting calls usually. Like yeah. he got called and got to the line. But it wasn't like the, the biggest problem that Nicola has had in his whole career, really, is that he gets calls away from the basket. He doesn't get calls on shots. Um, and I guess it's because he just contorts his body and he right. just makes shots where he's being fouled. Um, and so they just swallow the whistle. But uh, when when you're earning the bonus, when he gets those fouls away from the basket, 
then he goes to the line and it's fine. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean, in the end, I still think he, you know, I mean, it's it's funny, like we said, it's uh, we we look at it as like, how oh, wasn't that great of a game? But he still ends up having twenty nine and twenty two, and like I said, and he did close out the game. Yeah, no, he them. finished it up. Like, yeah. and again, I'm not I'm not bagging on Nikola. Nikola Jokic has been amazing this year. I I can't quite explain how great it is because usually he plays himself into shape. Right. Um. You know, and he he comes on real strong on the last you know, post like post January basically, he becomes a killer. Right. And this year he's been a killer from the jump, and it's just beautiful. Like I, I can't say enough good things about it. I just want the Nuggets to, for their record to reflect how their best player is playing. All right, I want to uh, so um, other than Jokic, since because I agree yep. he's been he's been flat out fantastic. Um, as you know, I've got. I've got some a little bit of dough riding on the Nikola Jokic MVP train. Smart right now. investment, exactly. That's right. It's a smart investment. You know, a sidebar for anybody out there. Shout out to the uh, the GameStop crowd, who are apparently making millions of dollars in GameStop stock right now. I didn't realize that was a thing, but um, anyways, uh, the uh, there's a couple other guys I wanted to talk about before we get into Michael Porter Jr., which which we'll of course talk about because he's a huge huge change. But two other guys I wanted to bring up that I think. Uh, have been notable in these this three game winning streak. You have uh, Monty Morris, who's yes. been, I mean, like six man of the year candidate type of material. I would say yes, he's been playing amazingly. Like he should get votes for six man of the year. Right. Um, he probably doesn't score enough points starters. to like actually yeah. win it, but because six yeah, man of the year just always goes it, to the, the leading score. scorer like, off the bench. But yeah, usually the guys who win it are guys who take a bunch of shots, and Monte doesn't usually take a bunch of shots, but. The way that he helps control the game when he's in there, he's been tremendous this year. He's always been reliable. Um, his defense has gotten better, which I appreciate. Yep. His on-ball, because yep. a lot of times he's he's a smaller, skinnier, you know, point guard. So especially if he gets switched onto a bigger shooting guard, he struggles a little. But he's been given effort. He he works hard. Monte's always worked hard. Like that's the thing. Right. Um. But he did say that the extension helped give him peace of mind. He wasn't worried about scrabbling for his next paycheck. Right. So he took the money, and now he doesn't have to worry about it. And now we can just play ball, and he's balling out. He's balling out. And so it was so interesting to watch him against Phoenix because, in so many ways, he reminds me of Chris Paul, like like the very similar kind of right player. He's obviously a bit taller than Chris Paul, and Chris Paul's obviously a Hall of Fame a Hall of Fame know, player, yeah, point guard. So it's not. I'm not trying to say Monty Morris is Chris Paul because he's definitely not, but. Like, you know, that same sort of, like, style, just like this crafty point guard who's just so good with the ball in his hands. Um, and so his basketball IQ is so high. His so his clock awareness is so good. Just His end his end of quarter, end of end of play, end of possession, right. like, ability is terrific. That's that's what looks like. Right, exactly. And, and you know, and a guy who's uh, just all around, like, a great, you know, court general um, when he's out there. And that's... It's it's just been really interesting to see his um, his growth into now being basically I mean he not even basically he has been the best the best player off the bench for the Nuggets and it's I mean Jermichael Green's been very good as well but in in my mind there's no doubt Monty Morris has been your number one uh, guy off the bench and and he he has these moments where he just kind of carries the team uh, scoring which is something that we've never really you know thought. 
that he he should do. You always, we always talked about okay, you need to have the Will Barton, or you need right. to have the he's Michael Porter Jr. There, right? He's a facilitator. Say. He's a playmaker for others. Uh, but he's scoring the basketball and he's shooting yep. threes really well. Like he's he's routed into a, to a. Do you think like? Do you ever think like? Is there should the Nuggets be concerned? I mean, they got him locked up the extension now. But is he the type of guy that you wonder? Okay, when this extension is done, do you risk the chance of losing him if you can't offer him a starting position? Uh, yeah. But that's okay. Like, now I don't have to worry about it. Like, he's doing this now. He's already walked up with a three-year extension. Like, when we want to talk to him about when he's 28, maybe he is going to want a starting position, but maybe he's also happy to be Manu Ginobili on a multi-title winning team by that point. Like, that's what you want, right? Is for somebody who's like, I like it in Denver. I'm making enough money. Like, I'm comfortable. I feel good. Um, I don't mind coming off the bench, and uh, I get to hoist trophies. So what's to complain about? Yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, fair enough. We'll see. I um, I just I guess maybe it's I worry about the Jeremy Grant thing, right? Again with uh, with Monty because he was the, he's the guy I look at right now. I'm like, yeah, if you, if you know if you gave him 35 minutes a night, 30 to 35 minutes a night, and played him as your starting point guard, he'd probably average. You know, around like 15, Would 16 points, better 10 assists as a starting game. point guard than Jamal Murray is doing right now. I because I sometimes wonder, are you better off with starting Monty Morris and Jamal Murray than instead of starting Jamal Murray and Gary Harris? It, uh, it hurts you defensively a little bit, but I don't know that that's how you closed out the game, right? Well, no, I guess yep. Gary was in there too because they yeah they benched uh, it was Millsap and Barton weren't in there to close. Well, they the had, game. Yeah, they had the, they had to the bench Barton. Barton was not good. Yeah, he had I, like I Bar- Barton he had got shot. the free throws at the end of the previous game. But Barton wasn't good in this game either. And He's Millsap was, with. was terrible shooting the ball as well. Millsap, yeah. uh, ouch. Millsap is is starting to show some limitations, which is understandable. Right, he he's been really be good to start. You know, I mean, he was really good the first few weeks out of the season, or yep. the first month of the season for sure. So, Yep. It's just, it's just a stretch. And again, everybody has good and bad stretches during a basketball season. Right. It's going to happen. It's like you lose games you should win during a basketball season, and then people throw up their hands like apparently now the whole team is trash. That's not how it goes. That's just the rhythm of a game. It's like losing a lead in a game. That's just the way basketball is. You're, there are runs. It's a game of runs. You want to have the last one. Right. Yep. Um. So I'm not really that worried about that, but my concern is still that I feel like um, – Grant that uh, Green and Millsap should have their position switched. Um, I I feel like yeah Millsap it would be a good bench leader and can do better things against lesser players off the bench, and Green can help you defend better and do more things as a starter. And yeah. I don't think the Nuggets are there yet, but I feel like you know by the end of by the middle of February maybe they should be there. All right, real quick, I want to get to I want to get to the other guy because we're we need to still talk about MPJ. We're running out of time in the first half of the show here. We're um, not running out of time. <laughs> we just cut shit out of the end. It's fine. Um, Gary Harris has been shooting the ball better, yes, uh, to to say the least, and and has well, been... it would be hard to shoot it worse, right? So right, right, but he's been a guy who's basically you know, um, I mean, his last ten games, he's shooting forty three percent from three. Uh, he's averaging 13 and a half points in those, in those last, I guess, last eight. Because uh, I don't think he played. I don't know why all these games last eight, but whatever. He had like what, like 19 points against Phoenix in the first game? Yeah, exactly. Like... 19 against Phoenix in the first game. Uh, he had 10 in the second, but he shot, you know, 50% from three. 
Uh, he had he had he played pretty strong against you know against the Knicks a few weeks back. He he was um, Philly too, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, against Philly he had to go in, like and maybe that's kind of where it started was that that sort of. Um, I think it was the Dallas Philly stretch where he started to really feel it. Right, but he's yeah, it was he kind of he had that uh, Dallas game where he scored 15 points. Uh, and then he came back and he scored 21 against Philly, and then he scored right. 14 against the Knicks. Um, yeah, so he, he sort of started to hit this kind of groove. Um, are you well, buying? What they it? need for him, man. Like they, this is what he has to provide if he's going to start. Right. Yeah, he's got to hit. Well, he's got to hit threes. Right. Really, that's all I can. That's care his about. job. Yeah, his job is to is to be a three and D player. He's not like a wing defender, but he's supposed to be your on ball defender. Who can like you know throw in threes when he's wide open like he should be when they run the Jokic offense? Right, right. Yeah, I mean he's basically the one game the Nuggets have won you know five of their last six. Um, yep. The the one game that they lost was the game that he shot twenty eight percent. Four of the last five, I think. But yeah, I know what you mean. And he didn't. No, he didn't five play of the last six. The they've won. You five of the last six that he's played. Yeah. No, that that they that he that the Nuggets have played too because they beat uh they beat they got this three game win streak and they lost to Utah but then they were coming off uh the two game win streak against the the Sixers and the Knicks, so. No, no, they they played Golden State and Brooklyn in there, man, and they split those, didn't they? Oh, they did play Golden State and Brooklyn in there. You're right. You're right because Gary was out for personal reasons. All right. Right. So yep. so five of the last six that Gary played, I think, is what it was. Yep. You're right. So, and that's great. Like they need, they need him to be a functional piece. Like when Gary is good, the Nuggets are very, very good. When both Gary and Will are struggling, the Nuggets struggle because they have those guys pulling huge minutes. You know, Gary was playing 38, 40 minutes a game. Like, right. You can't, you, you can't be doing that and, and coming up with like three points and a rebound. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's when you're just, just a complete. Um, non-factor in the backcourt. It's particularly when you got Jamal Murray, who's been struggling as well, and is you know dealing with obviously right. some, some injury issues. Um, it's it's basically made like okay, well, we and it feels like basically teams are like, well, we're going to let you Jokic do what Jokic is going to do. Yep. Um, but nobody else can beat us because Murray's well, hurt, Gary Harris can't Jokic, shoot, right? and Michael Porter Jr. is out with you know with COVID protocol. So right, yeah, they they stopped juggling Jokic, which means that he can't just kill people. When they all come to defend him, because they're like, "Oh God, we're gonna die if we if we try to do that." So he's taking a lot of shots because he's one on one and he's the open one. Right. Um. Because right now other guys are having trouble hitting or doing motion, like getting getting open via motion or cuts. Right. And that's fine. Jokic will do his thing, but you've got to have somebody else who contributes, and you've got to make your open threes. Like they didn't against Phoenix in the first game, um, and it almost cost them the game. You know, but then you had people like Gary Harris come back and put in like three of six or whatever he put in against Phoenix in the second game. You have to have that. Um, so when the fact that um, Gary is, is getting back on form is very important because they cannot have him playing like a bench scrub when he's pulling heavy minutes um, in a rotation where they need him to spread the floor. Right, yeah, exactly, where they've got – where they're relying on him to basically – be that take pressure off Murray. Yeah, like, exactly, and and to be the kickout guy, like that's that's yes. what that role is. If you're gonna, you know, the the action is coming between Murray and Jokic, and even when they get Porter back, and you know, yep. then um, Porter's gonna be the next option in that group. Like uh, Millsap and Harris are the guys that are right. s- supposed to be out in the corners, 
you know, taking yes. kickouts and hitting threes. That's that's basically what. Well, especially their whole because, job is. especially because MPJ crashes the glass, right? So the way that he plays on offense is he waits for a shot, but the second somebody else's shot goes up, he runs at the glass. He's trying to get that rebound. Right. Um, and they need him for that. Like that's how they get offensive putbacks, extra possessions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's not all on Jokic to do that. Right. So if he's going to do that, then he's not available for a kickout on a rebound. The guy who's available is Gary Harris. So he's got to be available for that. You know, Monte's available for that. Murray, PJ. you know, is yeah, if he's yeah. Available, yeah. Yeah, but all those guys, that's their job, right, is to do that because you have other guys who are crashing the glass. Right. So they've got to be able to hit those shots. So speaking of Michael Porter Jr. and crashing the glass, he makes his return uh, in these this two-game set against Phoenix. Looks pretty good. I mean, to be honest, he looked like Michael Porter Jr. He, I mean, he... Not uh, taking enough shots, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah, and he, I think there's still... We're still... You're noticing there was some... some Almost, uh, you know, uh, some forgetfulness of the fact that, oh, yeah, wait, Michael's on the floor right now. Yep. <laughs> we, we should get him yep. the ball. There was definitely some stretches where it's like, wait, he just scored five points in a row. Like, <laughs> yeah. now we're just going to ignore ball. him for two minutes. Right. Like, this doesn't make sense. But the main, I mean, the biggest difference that I, that I, that it made, I, which, which to me was pretty, pretty clear was we did not see a four guard lineup. Yes. Um, in these two games, they he played. He was always next to, for the most part, it was Jermichael Green. I think he yeah. might have played next to Millsap, maybe a little bit there. Um, he played or, four and Jokic, for a bit. obviously, yeah. but but they never went to either Jermichael Green or Isaiah Hartenstein or or Nicole Jokic with PJ Dozier at the four, and Correct. then you know all the other guards. Like they always had Porter as the four in those lineups now, and that to me made a monstrous difference. Uh, for the bench there were times and the other thing that it did with him uh, being on the bench there was it gave them the opportunity to rest Jokic and Murray more and they didn't have to stagger it to where those guys were on the court the entire time because they they particularly did this in the first half they would get basically the end of the first quarter start of the second they would get both of those guys some rest and that was the those were when you want to know where Michael Porter Jr. scored his points those were those were the shifts where I guarantee you, if you went back and looked at it, that was when he got the majority of his uh, of his points because that time it's it's pretty obvious. Like okay, every you know you got Monty Morris who's who's been playing well and, and doing his thing as yes. well, but basically it's like get the ball to Mike and just let him let him just go out there and score. Right. Well, and it's the thing with with Michael Porter Jr. is he's such a good scorer and he just doesn't care. Like he chucked up a corner three with some dude directly in his grill. He caught it. Looked at him. The guy looked back at him. They were just standing there. He's like, "Never mind. I'm still going to shoot." <laughs> and just shot it right over the guy for a three pointer in like the first Phoenix game, because that's that's Mike. He just doesn't care. Right. Um. And, and some people hate that, but I, when you're, I I don't know if that's considered the flow of the offense. But if you can hit it, you hit it. And Michael just hits those shots. Yeah. Um. And you need a guy to do that. Really, it's demoralizing to the other team to be like, "I did everything right," and this guy just buried one in my grill right because he's 6'10 and there's just nothing i can do you, yeah you stop can't it. stop him yeah he's just gonna get it and between that and the extra rebounding that um they needed right um you know that was for sure helpful because yeah i mean the thing is is we, we all harp on the defense and it's and it, i thought there were some notable moments some of, of poor defense again 
But, like, rebounding is part of defense as well. And when they were yep. playing those four-guard lineups, they were getting they killed on the glass. Yeah. Just absolutely destroyed. So, like, that that in and of itself is almost a, a worthwhile improvement on the defensive end of having him out there, uh, you know, in, in his justification. Just to, just to make sure it's alone. one shot. Yeah. Like, for me, that was the problem in the first Phoenix game um, was that Will Barton was just outmatched trying to grab rebounds in the paint in crunch time, uh, because it's just, he's 6'5", and he right. weighs like a buck seventy, Like, that's, it, it's not his fault, you know, but he's playing the three at that point. Right. You know, and, and when Michael, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is just a bigger, stronger, you know, better, especially right now, a better athlete, because Barton, I don't know if he's still nicked up or what, but he doesn't look like he has the same athleticism you would normally expect from him. Um, And so... I, I still feel like now that MPJ is back, that if they're going to start Barton, the, I, okay, I I would rather see MPJ get time with Jokic and Murray, but you should definitely finish with MPJ. Right. If you're going to start with Barton, that last shift needs to include MPJ. That's kind of where does. I'm at too. Like I would I I don't I I think there's a lot of a lot of benefit to having him to having MPJ come off the bench and I think that one of the biggest reason is that because it really allows you to get away from the the stupid four guard lineups like if you switch yes. him into the starting small forward spot and you bring uh, Will Barton off of the bench then I guarantee you we're going to run into a time where it's freaking Jamichael Green, PJ Dozier, Will Barton like Facundo Campazzo and Monty Morris like that lineup will happen it'll be stupid yep. and I'll hate it and they'll like they'll lose you know it'll be like a negative 10 uh, in the game or something in like, like that. Like four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like, if if that's if it sucks that like like to make for him not to have to start, but I like like I said, I think it really flows really good. Like I really liked that second Phoenix game. To me, that was like a perfect rotation. Like I really like that you you had the option of going to MPJ to to be off the bench and and really kind of carry the offense. While while Jokic and Murray got got a rest, and then I like that you closed with him as well as Monty Morris. Um, but you've got that option, right, to be like, okay, I'm gonna close. I'm gonna close with Murray, Jokic, and Porter. Always like those guys. I'm definitely gonna close with. And then if Millsap's playing good, I'm gonna close with him. If Barton's closing good, I can close with or playing good, I can close with him. And then you know I can have. Uh, Porter over at the four, or if right. Michael Green's playing good, I can close with him. Porter's at the three, you know. Monty, Monty Morris. Morris could get in, yeah. right? Exactly. Gary Harris, like you can, you can mix and match all those guys. But to me, you gotta have Porter, Murray, and Jokic on the floor to close out your games every single game. My only issue with it is that if he only plays with them for like a minute in each of the first two shifts he's on the court, then in the fourth quarter. Like, are they going to remember he's there? Because like you right. said, in the Phoenix game, he played 35 minutes and he took nine shots. Right. Like, that's an issue. Like, he should be taking 15, 17, whatever shots a game. Like, he's your extra guy. And I don't want to see those shots going to other random people who don't need to be taking shots. Right. Like, my, the idea is if you're going to use him that way, I don't have a problem with that. But he's got to play more with Murray... And Jokic, even just a couple of minutes more in his first couple shifts, just so they remember he's on the court and freaking pass to him. Because that's, for me, this whole season is still about that, that you're still trying to make sure that you can make that lineup work. Those guys have to work together. Right. And if he's going to run every final shift, if he's going to close every game with them, 
okay, maybe that's enough. You're you're on the floor together the last eight minutes of the game. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but you've got he has to have significant time with them so they can work out the kinks because right now they're not looking for him. And it partially it's because he was out for ten freaking games. But they're not looking for him. And he's your third best player. You know, I mean, Monty's been great, so maybe he's not right now. But he's going to be. And you're going to need to make that work, and you've got to get them enough minutes to figure it out sooner rather than later, in my opinion. Yep. So, yeah, I if he doesn't start, fine. But you've got to structure your shifts so that he's not just coming on the court at the exact same time that Jokic goes off the court. Like, that's dumb. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, it, it would it behooves you to get him in, like you said, a little bit earlier. Uh, to get a little bit more run, I think, with Jokic Murray, and also to give Millsap a little bit more time, and Jermichael Green also like a little bit more time to rest. Like We need those guys yeah. to be fresh uh, come May. So if they're only getting 20, 25 minutes right now, like... I don't think there's. I don't think that's a big issue. Like, like we kind of talked about earlier in the show, you can kind of see the the Millsap maybe you know kind of starting that's to hit the, the doldrums yeah. of of the season. So, um, yep. giving him a little bit of less time and getting Porter a little bit more time uh, with with Jokic and Murray, and then still being able to have him carry the bench while those guys get like some time to rest. Like, it, it seems like that that to me right now is uh, perhaps the best. Uh, the best of both worlds all right well let's go ahead let's hit the break and then we come back we will look ahead to the uh, second half i guess of this road trip three games on the horizon so we will break them down right after this been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new ac unit whatever your need may be give sun electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross with DenverStiffs.com. We spent that first half of the show breaking down the week that was the return of Michael Porter Jr. and a Nuggets three-game win streak. Things are things are aces right now uh, in Denver when it comes to the basketball world. Now, though, unfortunately for them, there's no time to celebrate because they have uh, three pretty tough opponents in front of them to finish off this road trip. It starts... Well, it's going to start probably tomorrow, I would say, Tuesday against the um, – they got Dallas tomorrow. So uh, – and then they'll they'll go, like we said, to Miami and then back here or back to Texas again to play the uh, San Antonio Spurs. So – You get this right. Yeah, there you go. I was like, huh, trying to <laughs> trying to get through all that. Um, So Dallas and Miami, two teams. Obviously, Miami was a, a finals participant last year. Uh, Dallas, a popular pick to be like a, a team that's going to make it further in the playoffs. Um, uh, Luke Doncic continues to be the betting favorite right now for MVP. Um, which of those two teams, I guess, concerns you more when you're looking at it from a Nuggets perspective? Uh, well, to be fair, I never like going to Miami. Right. There's, <laughs> for there's a number no, of reasons. There's, there's no team in Denver that goes to Miami and does well, like football, basketball, whatever, that Miami trip from Denver is a bad one. Um, so for me, I would have concerns mostly. I mean, it's also that the Heat are a great team. Right. But the flight, the travel, the um, South Beach, all of it, I would be concerned with that Miami game most of all. Um, the Dallas the Dallas trip isn't isn't too bad. Um, I mean, you're coming from Phoenix to Dallas. It's not. You're still on the road, but you know, you're. Yes, you're. You're gonna have heavy legs. You just came off of two back to backs. You know, but right. it, it, it's not. It's nights. not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's and and I mean, Luke Doncic is is a good, uh, a very good basketball player. It's a team you lost to uh, in Denver a few weeks back. Yep. Uh, one of those games that you really feel like Denver probably could have won if they had Denver could have won it. Yeah. That was another one of the 50, 50 games. They didn't pull off. If they just could have closed it out. Yep. Um, but they're a good team. I mean, Dallas is a good team, but I'm with you. Absolutely. Miami's the, the team that would concern me more. I don't like, uh, the matchups in that one really at all. I don't like the Bam Adebayo, I think is a great player to be able to throw at Nikola Jokic. Or anyone else who's right. the big on the floor. Right, exactly. Like Bam Adebayo versus any any Denver big, Nicole Jokic or not, is not a good time. Right. Uh, uh, Jimmy Butler is, uh, you know, there's that sort of big wing player that the Nuggets 
we're going to clash. There's no Jeremy Grant with. this year. Yeah, yep, they don't have anybody to throw at. Uh, so you have to put Green on him basically, and that's that's not ideal on the perimeter. Right. Yep. And you know, the, the Jimmy's been out lately though, so I don't know what's going on. Well, and PJ Dozier's also available for that. You know, now luckily none of these games are back to back. They have a day off in between every one. Now that's that's kind of a travel day, but still. Right. And Miami's not hasn't been doing that well. Like Miami's lost a couple games in a row. Like they're having the same kind of problems that Denver's having. Yeah, and it's well, I mean, and Miami's a team that's obviously going to have a hard time living up to it because they. Well, I'm I don't not to not to, you know. Dis- discount what they did or anything, but the, there was kind of a unique run, I think, for them to um, go to. Uh... Oh, so here's the thing: this is well, they had a lot of COVID trouble. Like, they yeah, had, they're having COVID, had... and that's what that's where yeah. Jimmy Butler is. So he's out yeah. um, for their game. Uh, I guess it would have been it would have been the, that's why he missed the game against Brooklyn was because right. yeah health and safety safety protocols. Gosh, they got Miami's got a ton of injuries too. Not that, even just that's, that. Well, that's like, what it is, man. Is they have a lot of nick. They're all nicked up, so yep. they're playing a bunch of bench guys. So yeah, it's hard so. for me to say. Like I would still be concerned about that because the way the Nuggets usually play, they usually get somebody's comeback angry game. Right. And this, you know what I mean? And they're set up for that again. Like for whatever reason, the Nuggets are always playing somebody who they're like, well. He's his first game back. Maybe he'll be rusty, and he puts up 40 points. Like, that's right. just how it goes in Nug life. Right, so yeah, exactly. My concern is still that Miami will get a bunch of pieces back at the same time against Denver. Well, and so, and, and, and so like, here's the other thing, of course. You know, um, just for example, the, the he did not have Jimmy Butler or, or, or a bunch of guys uh, for this game against Brooklyn. Brooklyn and they lost by four points. Bam Adebayo was uh, forty-one points, nine nine assists. Yeah, Bam boards. is. Hey so. man, there's a reason I wanted Bam coming out of college. Right, he's like uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a it's not confusing. Bam was this guy, and I wanted him to be this guy. I was very up about that pick. So I guess yeah, yeah I'm with you though. It's a little bit difficult uh, to say how concerned you can be because you don't play Miami. Until what well, the Nuggets got a few days before they're gonna play. We're well, probably not until Wednesday, right? So I'm not right. sure they'll um, get. You know, that's when they're gonna get uh, Miami. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if they don't have a bunch of guys, then yeah, then obviously it's, it's less. Well, that's concerning. the hard about the predictions this year, right, man? Is that like every day you're like, well, if they have a COVID problem, like right. you could destroy them. I don't even know. Right. Exactly. Uh, and now I got now it's not like I got to check. I got to say who's uh, who's Dallas got all the guys that that basically killed the Nuggets the last time they played them. Um, are now still out, right, because yep. of health and safety protocols. They, they all immediately after that game went out yep. with health and safety protocols. But, yes, I know Dorian Finney-Smith, no Maxi Kleber, no Dwight Powell, no Josh Richardson. Like I said, that, like that's, if you named all four of those guys, maybe Dwight Powell might not as much. But, man, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, and Josh Richardson, those guys uh, pretty much were like the difference makers in that first game um, yeah. against Denver. So that – and they're all they're ruled out because obviously if people are listening to this podcast, they're listening to it on Monday. Um, so we we've got uh, we've got that game tonight against Dallas. Uh, that that really works well, I guess, in in the Nuggets' favor again because it's um, you know while you still have Luka Doncic, obviously, who's uh, the 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 motor of the team, if you will. Those are those are some pretty big role players that. When you take them away from Dallas, Dallas is a team that I already felt had some depth issues uh, as it was. When you take that away now, I mean, yeah, they're um, they're light. So this is that part where the Nuggets getting their bench back does help them. It's why I'm less concerned about Dallas. Um, 
Now, again, not that they're not a good team, but if their thin bench gets thinner, and their bench wasn't that thin against Denver the first time, so I think maybe their depth is right. an overrated problem. But if they're out three or four dudes that they would count on, and the Nuggets have MPJ back and everybody's playing, the Nuggets should, you know what I mean? You, yep. you have two sets of firepower there to throw at Dallas, who only has one set to throw back at you. Right, because Chris Tapps, once again, is not, because I know Chris Tapps came back, right? And then he, um, yeah, I guess maybe, I don't know if he has played yet. I thought he was about to come uh, no, back. He's, he's, still, he's still like recovering from the knee stuff, right? No, he came back. He was, he played, uh, yeah, he played, he played against San Antonio on Friday. I thought he played Friday. once. No, he's yeah. played six games, so. What the yeah. hell? But he, uh. Well, welcome back, Chris Dabbs. He must not have played. I wonder if it was back-to-back, and that's why he didn't play. That might be. They might be um, holding him out. Just or for something like that. Yep. Precautionary, like load management reasons. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So, so you do have that issue, right? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to face Chris Tapps this time around. You did not have to face him um, last time around, yeah, because he's not listed on their injury report. So I that's okay. He you just put play. MPJ on him. It'll be fine. Yeah, and that's me. I mean, that'd be an interesting battle, and maybe that's a a reason to start MPJ tonight, um, right? Just because you can throw him. You don't have another steps. big guy, man. Like, what are you gonna do? Put six six Paul Millsap on him? Come right. on, right? Like at least at least MPJ is a legit six ten with a seven something wingspan. Like he can stand in his face. No one's as tall as Chris Tapps, but Chris Tapps doesn't back anybody down either. Right. Yeah, and exactly. His game and there and it helps. It helps offset the rebounding too because Chris Tapps, for the first time in his career last year, was actually rebounding like you would expect a guy who's seven plus feet tall to rebound. Normally, he was getting out rebounded by guards when he was you know playing in New York. York yeah. So having him be actually a good rebounder means you want to have a good rebounder out there as well to fight him for some boards. That guy, again, should be MPJ. That's a good point. I, uh, it'll be interesting to see if Coach goes that way. I, I don't know. I mean, my, my hunch is no. He's but... not going to go that <laughs> yeah, way. Right. <laughs> but maybe. But maybe this will be the chance. Um, all right. Let's go. Let's take a, Let's go ahead. Let's take a look then, I guess, at the very last opponent that the Nuggets have this week. And then we'll go ahead and get out Back of here. Spurs. That would be the San Antonio Spurs. Somehow 8-8. Eight and eight. The, the year right to the Spurs were supposed to, I guess, every year we expect them to fall Every off, year they're going to die. Every year they um, don't care about our predictions. What is it? What is it? about the Spurs is it just because they're there I, I mean I know what it is about the Spurs right it's because you've got Greg Popovich as your coach and you still got DeMar yep. DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge and like yep. and, and DeJounte, DeJounte Murray though I think he's hurt now I think he got I can't remember I, th- I remember thought I'd see maybe Murray got hurt or something like that but um you know, you've got you've got there's some quality pieces there but I don't know like do you buy them at 8-8 eight and eight as like maybe a fringe playoff team do I buy them? Like, the problem this year, French playoff team means, are you the 10th best right. team in the league? Or in the, in the conference? And at that point, I'm like, yeah. Which sure. right, to me, it almost, tends to be like, yep, yeah, it's, um, yes. Yeah, so almost everybody get, could be the 10th best team in the in the conference. So, uh, DeJounte Murray did, uh, he sprained his ankle. Uh, yeah, he did that in the last game against yeah. Dallas, I think. Yeah. So I guess we'll see if he'll be available or not. Doesn't look just, like just have him pull bad. a Booker problem. That's what we need is for him to just miss that game for us. Well, again, I mean, if if you you seem to be running into some luck here, you're gonna get a, a Dallas team with their depth greatly depleted. You might get a Miami team that's really not. At least missing some like, guys, yeah. yeah. And and then potentially, um, you know, the well, could look, get other teams. Other teams got lucky against the Nuggets when MPJ's out for right. 10 yeah, exactly, like, exactly. What goes around comes around. The Nuggets actually survived okay without MPJ for this last stretch, mostly because they won a bunch of late games because 
Jokic is amazing. They played Minnesota twice and got like and they that, and got the Sixers when they only yep. had eight players. Yep, know, so. there there were some helpful things, but the Nuggets still pulled it off. So right. good for them. But yeah, now the Nuggets might be having that come around to them and and get some some help. But they got to complete that, man. Like you've got to you've got to pull the trigger and make it happen. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, and that's maybe the, the thing that you, I guess, man, maybe I, I might be con- more concerned about the San Antonio game uh, more than any of them because, like, yeah, you might get some breaks against Miami and Dallas, and you'll be up for you'll always be up for I think uh, the the Dallas game uh, in particular because it seems like it's the team you've been struggling to get past lately. Um, well, and I I'm not gonna make it an all Euro problem, but like, you know, the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets have um, European um, all-stars on their roster. They know each other. They're friendly with each other. Like, right. you get up to play your friends. Like, this is no different than, like, Miami playing Cleveland when D-Wade was in Miami and LeBron was in Cleveland. Right. Like, this is this is that deal where you hang out in the offseason or you know each other's wives and whatever it is. Like, you know who that guy is, and that should be a good game. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's uh, definitely like a little bit of rivalry going on. And then, you know, I mean, obviously Jokic and Boban are... Um, Jokic and Boban are tight, yep. Super, super best friends, so... Um, but the thing that I guess, you know, that concerns me is then, then you, but you might get some breaks there and actually end up winning those two games. You might be suddenly 4-0 and on this road trip, and then you go into San Antonio thinking, all right, we've got this, uh, and then you run into a team that is just a, a veteran team. Um, they do the things right. Right, and you end up losing that one. You know, by like fifteen well, points. The Nuggets or don't do everything right, man. I mean, we've known that for their whole time. They just get away from it. I would not call the Nuggets a, a fundamental team. No. Nope. Yeah. I and I know agree. it drives Malone crazy, but Malone's had a half a decade now to make them a fundamental team, and it ain't happened. So. Right. Oh. Uh, so they you know, are what they are. They are what they are. Like uh, you just have to figure that out. And so the Nuggets get by with, um, talent. And uh, determination in close minutes. And Nikola Jokic. And because Nikola Jokic is a freaking god, yeah. All right, tell you what, I think we will go ahead and we'll just wrap the show right there. We'll get out of here a little bit early um, this week. Nobody will ever complain too much about that. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh Gordon is at GMoneyNugs. Uh, also at Denver Stiffs. Check out our page on Instagram as well as our YouTube channel. And make sure you are subscribing to the podcast network. That is the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. It's where you'll get Pickaxe Podcast, Nuggets Numbers, the Denver Stiffs Show, Chicken Nuggets. I think there's some other shows that we do. Uh, there's too many of them now. I can't even, uh, I can't even keep up. But um, if you subscribe to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network, you will get them all and you'll be able to keep up quite easily so make sure you guys are doing that and if you think we deserve it we would love if you could leave us a nice five-star rating as well as uh a positive review what is this is somebody, somebody getting called like we're getting is there a submarine i got some weird i have no idea what's happening there my friend you cut out and then uh we were getting pinged somebody's pulling a crazy ivan and uh <laughs> right. gotta watch out for those torpedoes that is pretty much going to have to be the end of the show. <laughs> we will talk to you all next week. Listen.